Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Carolyn Ricciardi. Carolyn is the CEO and founder at Cardia Real Estate. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. Hi, Gigi. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about you and where you are from? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, I am a mother of four. I am located in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I like to call this my home base because this is where my kids go go to school. But uh, typically, I'm traveling around to uh, the U.S. or or to Mexico where I do some of my projects. Um, but I, you know, I I like I said, I have four kids. Uh, they keep me very entertained when I'm at home or in Calgary. Um, I have my my partner who lives with me, who's a huge support in my life, uh, who does he not only supports me in in you know personally, but in my business as well, which I'm really grateful for to have that. Um, and I, uh, as you mentioned, I'm the owner of a company called Cardia Real Estate. And uh, we're actually just in the process of doing some rebranding, but uh, to Cardia Communities, because really what we do is we impact communities through real estate investing around the world and at different levels. So um, it's really, really a whole gamut of things that, that we do. So we wanted to make it a little more broad. And um, that's, that's my main focus. I also teach people how to do creative real estate investing. And so I have a company called Creative Real Estate Academy. And, um, and really my vision and mission with that is just to empower people with education on how they can also get into real estate investing. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into my background on, on what I was doing before this, or is that, or if you wanted to uh, move into that on some well, of your next questions. Yes, ma'am. Tell us more about what inspired you to obtain a degree in social work. Sure. Yeah, that's a great, um, a great question. So I think just to give a little bit more background, my, my family actually immigrated to Canada when I was four years old. Uh, we we're originally from Chile in South America. And we moved to Canada because at the time there was a political coup in Chile and one of my mom's sister was living in Canada and they sponsored us. So when we came here, I spoke absolutely no English. Uh, neither did my parents. My dad spoke a little bit more, but they came like a lot of new immigrants, um, especially without speaking the language, uh, you know, getting involved in, in just whatever jobs they could find. But um, so growing up, you know, I had a lot of a lot of exposure to um, this challenges that came with being a new immigrant to a country. Uh, but on top of that, one of the biggest um, impacts of my life that I had was uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, my mom passed away in a car accident. And at the time, I was the second oldest of six siblings. Uh, my youngest sister was only a year old. So as the oldest daughter in the group, um, I really took on the, that maternal role and the role to help um, care for and raise my, my siblings. And of course, that experience um, for me, like really put me at that, that forefront of, of, you know, wanting to care for others and be very nurturing and always wanting to help as much as I could. 
Um, and so as I was growing up, um, I always, I actually was always like very mature for, for my age. I couldn't really connect with kids of, of my age group after my mom had passed away because my, you know, just my, my reality was so different than everybody else that, that I knew growing up. And, um, and it got to the point that when I was 16, I actually quit high school and I went and got um, a certification as a hairdresser because I thought, okay, I can go cut hair and actually, you know, support financially in the home and, and do something that was more productive, I felt at the time. Uh, so it wasn't actually until um, when I was 18, I went back to school, I started doing night school and I finished my, my high school so I could get my high school diploma. And that's when I started to think about a career, wanting something that would help me create financial stability. Um, initially, I was going to university to become a marine biologist. And uh, just thinking like, you know, again, in the wanting to help. And I thought, you know what, I want to help animals and I really love the ocean. So why not do that? Um, but interesting enough, after my first year of sciences, I realized very quickly, I'm like, this is not for me. This is not the way that I see myself like for the rest of my life in a lab or lab coats and glasses. I was just like, no. And I started to, to really get clarity that what I wanted to do was to serve and to be able to support people. And so I thought, well, naturally social work was like the best profession that I could get a degree in uh, that would align with that, that desire that I always had. So um, that's what led me into social work. And interesting enough, when I first graduated, I actually served in some immigrant serving agencies because I wanted to support new immigrants, just knowing that I had experienced that process. Um, and after two years of doing that, then I went into child protection because I really wanted to be of the core of how can I help children that are the most vulnerable in some of the, the toughest situations, again, because of my experience and upbringing, I knew that I could really relate to the things they were going through. And so um, I went into that profession and serve, served as a child protection worker for about 13 years. That is absolutely amazing. Now you have a quote and it is, to create the new life I wanted, I had to create a new me. Explain that to us. Yeah, so this actually came, it, it was an interesting process because my desire to, to go to university and to, um, to get an education was because growing up, my immigrant parents and my immigrant family, they all said, you have to have some sort of post-secondary education to be able to make it in life, to, you know, to have a home, to, to have a vehicle to be able to travel, to have all the comforts in life that you desire. And I really, you know, I really bought into that as, as a teenage girl. And that's what led me to go to university and to get a degree because that's what I was told I needed to do. And when I, when I did that, um, I actually created that lifestyle for myself. I went and, uh, you know, I, I married a, well, a gentleman that I started uh, dating shortly after getting into university. And, um, you know, I got my degree. And then after my degree, about, you know, two years after working, 
we had our first child and then we had, you know, progressively the other kids. And, and it got to the point that when my, my last son was born, um, I remember feeling so like tormented inside because I had everything that I was told would bring fulfillment, would bring happiness. And I had these four amazing, healthy children, you know, a, a husband that was providing uh, you know, non-abusive relationship, nothing like that. I had essentially in, in the out, everybody's eyes, I had everything you could, you could dream of, right? I had essentially gotten to that dream that I was sold on, but I felt so, so incredibly empty inside. And I just, I couldn't understand it. There was this huge disconnect because I acquired and, and, you know, completed or accomplished what I was told to do. But I, I just felt emptiness and I kept thinking to myself, is this it? Is this why we're put here on this earth? You know, like how it just didn't make sense. And I just really started questioning the bigger picture of the purpose of our life. And, um, and so it was about six months after uh, my youngest was born. I took a trip to Mexico to Cabo San Lucas with some of my, my friends, my, well, my cousins, because uh, this was something that we we often did once once a year, once or twice a year. And in that trip, for some reason, I really had it in my head that I wanted to go and take a surf lesson. And, you know, I had always grown up, not always, I grew up on Vancouver Island where there's an incredible surf spot in Chile. We moved back there when I was 18. Um, and, and again, exposed to the ocean and surfing. I always wanted to do it, but I always put myself last. I never put these things as, as a priority to go and do them. And so anyways, um, on this trip, I just had, it came to me that I have to take the surf lesson. And I was really determined. Nobody else in the group wanted to take it. I was the only one that signed up. And at, on the day of the lesson, I was actually the only adult. Everybody else there were like younger kids or teenagers. But I just, you know, I had this, this, something guided me to say, you got to do this. You have to do this. And sure enough, you know, I, I was determined. I went out and for anybody that's never surfed, I'm going to tell you, it looks easier on, on in video or on TV or on, you know, than real life. And I didn't really know what to expect. And I was way over my head. Um, and after about the second time of paddling out and attempting to get on and falling I was just ready to give up because my body was physically exhausted and even though I was ready to give up the surf instructor who owns the the school said you have to go one more time I am confident you're going to get up and so when I got out uh, typically what happens is you swim out on your board and there's an instructor out that that gives you instruction when the wave's coming and he said to me that was you know now that I reflect on it I'm like this is interesting because um, not only was it instructions on how to pop onto this board, but it was really a reflection of my life. And he said, what I want you to do is the next time this wave comes, you're going to pop up, but you're going to look forward. I don't want you to look down or sideways or anything like that. You're going to look forward and you're going to stand up. And sure enough, I followed it to the T and I stood on that surfboard and I still get chills thinking about it because the energy that, that flowed through my body, uh, I could just I could just feel this connection between the earth and and heaven. Essentially, it was like this light that came through me, 
And it almost like reignited the fire within my body, the fire of life and realizing like, there is so much more to do on this earth. And I was destined to, to be here to serve at a higher level. Um, and it, it made me excited again about like trying new things and, and seeing the bigger picture of how can I be of great impact in everything that I'm doing in this world. And, um, and it was interesting because that experience also took me back to the moment that my mom passed away, the, the moment that I was told that she had passed, um, I immediately had this, this message that came to me that said, you are here and you're experiencing this because you're meant to do something big on this earth. And of course, at 12 years old, I didn't know what that means. But like I said, that surf lesson reignited that fire and it made me realize I had to recreate myself. And so in that, I started analyzing every part of my, my life. And a lot of changes came about from that, um, including, you know, leaving my, my husband that we had been together for almost 15 years um, and, and also changing my career path and really starting to um, to dive in and search for what do I want to do next and how can I be of greatest service? What does that look like? And just starting to tap into the things that, that I was excited for, that I enjoyed and that I liked to really be able to get that focus of, you know, what is going to be that, um, that avenue that's going to take me to serve at the highest level. So that's really what, um, for me was that that awakening reawakening moment i always tell people and that aha moment of like no there's no way this is the end this is the meaning of life there's so much more and um i feel like since then i've really been relentless in the sense of every day is a gift for me every day that i get to serve i'm just grateful for that opportunity i love it it's not, it seems like you've been through quite the journey. Now, tell us more about how you overcame being divorced. Yeah, that was a huge hurdle because there, again, you know, I, I knew with clarity that um, there were big things that I wanted to accomplish. And my, my husband at the time, he was a person who was very comfortable um, you know, with, with the kind of like monotony of our life and knowing that things were taken care of financially and just, you know, living kind of like a very structured lifestyle. And so when I came back from that surf trip, you know, I was sharing with him, I want to do this. I, I had all these ideas um, and I just felt that, that our alignment or our connection was not there anymore. Um, and, um, and it was almost like every time I, I came in with this, this excitement or this new idea, uh, there was, you know, there was resistance or, you know, it just, it, it wasn't part of the life he wanted to live. And it was a very, very difficult decision because, um, you know, I, I really loved him. And of course, I, I have always been, um, I truly believe in the family circle and how powerful that is. And 
And I also understood uh, just from when I lost my mom, how difficult it can be for children uh, when the parents aren't together. Even though in this case, my kids still had access to both of us, but um, I knew that it wouldn't be easy. And the other thing that working as a social worker uh, you know, gave me a lot of clarity is I witnessed a lot of families going through divorce or separation where it was very destructive and the parents would use each other against the children or, you know, they would use the children as messengers. And I saw this dysfunction firsthand. And so one of the things, you know, with my, my ex-husband, what I said to him very clearly is, you know, one, I, I, we, we need to separate because I, I don't feel, you know, we're in alignment anymore. And, um, and, and actually, just to dive a little bit into that, you know, we, we actually went to counseling for eight months when I said that, just to, it was mainly for him to, I think, to find peace and to get clarity that there really was that disconnect because he didn't want to disrupt um you know, the, the comfort and everything that we had, uh, but that, that period and being able to go together, um, to a counselor just mainly gave him clarity that this was the best thing for both of us. And to be honoring that, you know, he, he needed to be with someone who fully loved him and was willing to go in that path with him. And I was, I, I was deserving of that as well. And so, um, so yeah, so it was, you know, it was, very challenging. I remember the day after a therapist session that we both at the session said, I think the best thing for us is to separate. Um, I remember going home and sitting on, on our bed and just uh, fully breaking down. And, you know, and he was there and I just said, it makes me very sad because um, I never wanted to disrupt our fa family circle and and our family life but um i knew that that this this was what i had clarity on that i needed to do this and the the great thing too is that um because of our our profound love for our children we both agreed to do our best to make it uh the least impactful for them and um and to be amicable and so, you know, we both worked very hard to make that happen because, of course, when you're going through this process, there's a lot of ups and downs. There was many moments where um, he was, you know, very angry at me for the decision. There was moments where I was angry at me for the decision because, you know, knowing how that was going to impact our family and the children. Um, and and so it was you know, like I said, it was a lot of a, a, just a roller coaster of emotions, some some days feeling really great and and powerful and strong and knowing that I could do it. And some days just thinking, like, did I make a mistake here? And um, and really the thing that that continued to push me through was just leaning into my vision and um, big picture of what I wanted for my life and recognizing that um, that wasn't something that he wanted. So even if we tried our best to be together, there would always be that disconnect. Um, but the beautiful thing, like I said, is that we were, uh, we always kept the kids in the forefront. Um, 
So even the transition for me to, because I'm the one that ended up leaving the family home, but we did it in a, um, in a way where, um, excuse me, it was very, uh, you know, it, it was something we did over time. So I didn't just leave immediately. I was, I was still there. You know, I just slept in one of the other bedrooms because my, you have to, you know, at the time, my youngest was about a year and a half old. So he was very young. And so I was still in the home. I lived in the home that way for, I would say about a year until I finally moved out and got my own, my own home. And, and then we started doing 50, 50 custody share with the, with the kids. But to this day, I, I really, really thank God because we're very amicable. Um, we, you know, we, we parent very well, um, you know, even, even being separated. And that's the thing that uh, for me, I knew that there was a better way to do it, even though I had seen all these other examples of people breaking down and, and what could happen going down that road. But I was just very determined. And I set that as, as a foundation with my ex that that needed to be the main focus. And even now, you know, my kids are, are, my youngest is eight years old. I have a boy that he's, so I have my youngest is eight. He's, um, and then I have a 10 year old. And then I have two girls that are uh, 15 and 16. And, you know, and I think that it has for them just really created, um, you know, that realization that, that we are, we are very different, their dad and I, uh, but they have this opportunity to kind of see these two worlds and now be able to form their own version of how they would like to, to live their life. Um, and if anything, uh, my desire is that through my through the decisions I've made, they're able to see that at the end of the day, uh, you need to do what your heart or your soul is calling you to do on this earth and make decisions around that. Very inspiring. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Mm, I, I just, you know, I love that question because at the end of the day, it's like being truly authentic with yourself and loving yourself and discovering who are you, what things ignite you, um, you know, what are you passionate for and, and really tapping into um, why you're here. We all have a purpose. We, we all came to this earth with a purpose. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I often say that you know, even with my kids, I say to them, I'm like, I don't care what you do, just do it with love and with passion. That's it. You know, I, I even like joke with my younger ones. And I say, you know, if you become is my, my little guy, he wanted to be a mailman for the longest time. And I said, you go be the best mailman that, that <laughs> you can be like, it, it really doesn't matter. It's just how we show up and how we serve, right? Because if you're able to share that light with the people around you, that's really, uh, at least from my perspective and the clarity that I've obtained, um, that's really where we can like have the most impact in the time that we have on this earth. And, you know, even, even when I think about like, for example, my relationship with my mom and, and the, you know, her passing so early. Um, but I think of those 12 years that I had with her and I know all my siblings can speak to the same, the impact she left in us because I, you know, I felt her, 
um, her love so deeply and her kindness and everybody, everybody around her, her siblings, people that knew her, they always spoke so highly of her and um, to this day. And, and I always say, you know, she, in that time that she had here, she, she shared that light with us. And, and I truly know and recognize, you know, she was, you know, an, an angel here on earth, like we all are. And she was able just to shine that so brightly and infect us. And now we get to have this opportunity to let that sh light shine for other people too. I love it. Let your light shine. Now, where can the audience find you, Carolyn? So I would say right now, the, the easiest thing is um, my website, which is Creative Real Estate Academy. And it's C-R-E-A, sorry, C-R-E-Academy.ca, because it's a Canada-based um, uh, real estate coaching program. Uh, but it, I also have a lot of students in the U.S. Or the other place that's great to connect is through Instagram or Facebook. If you send me a direct message, then um, I always love to meet new people and connect and see if there's anything I can do uh, to be of service in their journey and, and what they're here to do on this earth as well. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Carolyn on all of her social media platforms and also her website, that's creacademy.ca. And Carolyn, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a great thank day. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome.